episode 12, covering week 11 of the 2023 NFL season. Uh, my name is Jeremy Dixon, one of your two hosts, along with uh, our returning champion, Mike Parker. Mike, how you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good. Uh, going into the holiday weekend, took a couple of days off. It's been nice to kind of get some stuff done, walk the dog this morning already, got to the gym, and here I am with you. Boom, man. Yeah, I know. It's uh, we're, we're recording early today, uh, the day before Thanksgiving. Hope everybody has a, has a great holiday. Um, and drive safe. And drive safe, for sure. Uh, yeah, so Mike, let's uh, let's talk, man. Yeah, what, first of all, man, what are you doing? What are you you and uh, the fam doing for for Thanksgiving? Uh, we're the jumping off point. We got some family members coming over. Uh, we're hosting dinner, so it'll be fun. And I think on Friday, uh, we're gonna go check out some farmers markets and stuff like that. You know, very cool. So it, sh- it should be fun. I'm just happy to have. Is uh, your wife? Uh, a- is your wife making enchiladas again? Is that didn't she make them for Thanksgiving? A couple but years ago, was Christmas. Oh, Christmas! And, you know, stop being needy with that. We'll get it to you soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not asking, man. I just was wondering. No, All we're right. doing the traditional <laughs> turkey and stuff uh, nice. this year, and, and a lot of her side, she is really innovative and like mixing with recipes and stuff. So it's always exciting to see what comes up. Sweet, sweet. Right on, man. Well, uh, yeah, let's let's dig in, bro. Um. I guess we'll so start with this you was now. your last week of bets, right? You're yeah, you're taking I, a hiatus I, as well. I, I texted Mike uh, to let him know that um, I'm done. I went 0 for three this week on on three games. I felt pretty 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 confident in, um, and I'm just done. I think I'm at like negative 1400 on the year now. So I I picked Seattle minus one at the Rams. I I'm still beyond mind blown that Seattle just the Rams just have Seattle's number. I don't know if it's Sean McVay just coaches circles around Pete Carroll. I, it's just insane. Um, I got some thoughts on that game. Okay. Uh, I have Pittsburgh plus one at Cleveland. I was just like, you know, no Deshaun Watson. They're starting uh, some uh, rookie, rookie quarterback from UCLA, D, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. I was like, this is a can't, can't lose for Pittsburgh. Uh, and then the, Chargers minus three at Green Bay. Uh, just dis- I'm just disappointed, man, in my my selections, Mike. I think those are three teams. You've named three teams. You bet on three teams this this week that I don't think I would ever bet on. Seattle because of their inconsistency. Yep. Pittsburgh because of their inefficient offense, and San Diego because of their variability. Uh, it's good. LA, but yeah, what I mean, what I say? Same, same, diff- same I'm still caught. I'm still caught in the '90s, man. What do you want from same me? Same difference. It's all good. All right. all right. So, so I'm done. I'm done for a minute. I need a, I need a mental health break from uh from trying to come up with sports bets because these are not working out for me. <laughs> all right. Well, so. I'm, I think I might take a peek next week, and I might jump back in and, and see if all I can't right. recover some of these lost funds. So yeah. For, for so we're not. Uh, yeah. I season. mean. I, maybe we are helping. Maybe we're actually helping people though, because if they just take our bets and go the other way, they're probably yeah. winning money. Well, yeah, starting um, week six for me, that's when. That, yeah, you had a good you had a good work. run for a while there, man. You had a, you did so. the first through the first three games. I was eighty two percent, and then yeah. I was um, I had lost week four overall. Had a a whopping 91 set profit on week five and then it just the the doors fell off yeah. wheels fell off yeah. rather 
All right. All right. Let's get Let's... into uh, week 11 of these games. We have four teams on buys. It was Atlanta, Indianapolis, New England, and New Orleans. And thank God these teams were on a buy because they're all horrible, not fun to watch. And they we were spared this week. <laughs> I love it. All right. Let's okay. start with Thursday night football. We have the Bengals and uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I think this game was the nail in the coffin for Cincinnati season. I think, obviously, no playoffs. Uh, I would, you know, Burrow got hurt. I'm sure we'll talk more about that later. Um, yeah, just not a good game. Not a good season for them. I think I think they're done. Yeah. Yeah, My, I mean, my notes for the game, Lamar Jackson looks great. Threw for 264 and two touchdowns. Uh, added another 50-plus yards rushing. Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. is finally starting to kind of round into shape after, you know, missing – a lot of time over the last few years with injury. Um, he caught four balls for 116 yards. Gus that Edwards. 51 yard reception he had was pretty nice. Yeah, it was. It was really good. Um, Gus Edwards chips in a couple of touchdown runs as well. But obviously, the story of the game Joe Burrow's season ending uh, wrist injury, tore a ligament in his wrist. But Mark Andrews also left the game injured. And I think that might be just as big i mean that's a pretty big story for baltimore moving forward i would say so the word on the street uh it's not a break but like a high angle sprain is my guess and he's out definitely for the rest of the regular season they're thinking maybe late playoff run he could show um but for all intents and purposes mark andrews out out for the year um really really big loss for them yeah absolutely. well we do have what i I've, I've called him now jake browning we'll call him jake and bake as a nickname um he's the new starting quarterback for cincinnati because joe burrow as many of you probably know tore a li ligament in his hand and can't uh, pick up a ball anymore so here's some downstream things one obviously he's not going to be playing for the rest of the year it's going to take about a year or so to get this back in um get this injury under control there are some concerns long term like for the rest of his life with his grip strength and um to have that injury go down like that and have a potential drop in his ability to to play the game um it was a disaster injury yeah uh yeah i couldn't his hand uh it was that was, it was just his hand looked all weird man like he was trying to do like uh you know like little uh puppet show on the wall or whatever you know he threw the light it looked like he was trying to bend his hand in a weird uh, just looked did not look great so anyway so I gave my game ball this week to Lamar. He had 264 and two touchdowns, as you mentioned before, and the deep pass uh, to OBJ. The one th I think there's something missing about this team, though. They have all the speed talent in the world with Zay Flowers, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., Rashad Bateman, and Devin Duner uh, Duvernay. Even uh, Nelson Aguilar has deep threat potential, but they don't really push the ball downfield. I'm not sure why. I definitely think... Lamar Jackson has the arm. Uh, Derek Carr has more air yards than Jackson this year. So, I mean, that's a concern for me. Um, right now, obviously, they're doing a, they're winning. So, if they can keep that up. But as we get into those playoffs and those really good defenses start to clamp down on that, there's some potential there. If they aren't able to stretch the defense a little bit vertically, that, you know, somebody could steal a win and knock them out of the playoffs. So I hope they can kind of figure that out. 
Yeah, I mean, remember a couple of years ago when uh, the year Lamar won the uh, MVP award, I think they were the one seed and ended up getting getting beat by Tennessee maybe in the divisional round. So, And that was the narrative in addition to the injuries with this him signing this contract and how there weren't very many people that seemed to be wanting to pay his, his, his salary demands is because of that. So, yep. Yep. So, all right. So Pittsburgh and Cleveland is the next game um, on the docket here. Uh, This game was a rock fight. There wasn't a lot of penalties, um, seven total only for 56 yards, only one um, turnover. That's uh, DTR's interception. Um, Each team, their offensive output was right around 250 yards, and they were 28% efficiency on third and fourth downs. Um, I think this is just a case of mediocre offenses that don't turn over the ball a whole lot, playing really, really good defenses. And I think the score reflects that. I think the total yards and all that kind of other stuff really reflects that these two teams are um, just defensive juggernauts. All right. So, Mike, my notes for this Pittsburgh-Cleveland game, um, I put down DTR, and then I was like, wait, can we call? Like, at what point <laughs> Like, at what point do you get a nickname? Like, I get he was a great college quarterback. They gave him a nickname in college. But, like, when, when do we we start? There's two paths for nicknames, though. One is a sign of respect, obviously, and I think that's what you're talking about. The other thing is for ease of saying. So okay. Dorian Thompson Robinson is a pain in the ass to say, so everyone says DTR. Just like Jackson Smith and Jig, but everybody calls him JS Or Cat. Yeah. Right. I got you. Okay. All right, so after I got that off my chest, uh, you know, he, he gets the start, uh, only throws for 165 and an interception, another 20 rushing. Um, Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford can only muster 67 rushing yards between the two. Um, Ford did get in the end zone, though. Um, yeah, man, I let, mean. Let me, let me jump in on DTR real quick. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. He, he, he got my game ball this week. It was his first win as a starting quarterback in the NFL, so congratulations to him. Um, this time he had some time to prepare his first start. He was, he was told mere hours before the game started. So he did have a little bit of time to prepare here. Cleveland had a 60, 40 split on passing passes to runs. Um, his numbers weren't really eye popping 55% passing on 43 attempts for 165 yards. But where, when it counted, he went four for four for 39 yards in that final drive for that go ahead field goal. So I wanted to like, you know, just follow up on your DTR points okay. um, with, with that. So you were saying uh, about uh, the other. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just mentioned the running, the running backs couldn't get much going for them, unfortunately, but I mean, this is a really a defensive battle. Um, you know, two of the premier defenses in the league, I think you had mentioned, uh, you know, Jalen Moore, uh, Jalen Warren, I, I thought he was going to win your game ball almost. Um just well, of- that that's my spotlight. So that let okay. I'll let you finish it. That's a that's a great segue into to my spotlight. So go ahead. Yeah, I, I was gonna say like if 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 a losing player can uh, can win the game ball, it probably would have been him. He he goes for 129 and a touchdown. Um, and then P- Kenny Pickett. I don't know if this dude is the answer. Uh, barely throws for 50 percent of his com- uh, barely has a 50 percent completion percentage and only goes for 106 yards. Yeah. Uh, well, my, my spotlight this week was, is the Najee Harris era over? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Jalen Warren got the starting job. He's had it for like the last couple of weeks and he's rushed for more than a hundred yards in each of his first two starts. Um, And he had a really big explosive 75 yard run today as part of that uh, 129 yards that you mentioned. It seems like Najee is a bit more lumbering of a running back, kind of like Derrick Henry, but he doesn't have Henry's power. Um, Warren seems uh, to bring that spark to the team. Um, Just it's, he's probably their most off, uh, explosive offensive player. So you, you, he's that explosive. He's that great to watch. Um, let's get him on the field. Let's get him some touches. And um, it seems to be working. I mean, you still have some struggles at the quarterback position, but from a running game uh, perspective, I think they righted that ship. Yeah. Yep. So now they just need the quarterback and maybe they'll uh, finally be able to start winning. I know they well, fired that. Matt Canada got yep. fired this week, so. Yep. Well, I'll discuss a little bit of him on uh, herding goats this week. Okay, yeah. The long the long uh, nightmare for, for uh, Pittsburgh fans is over. <laughs> there was, there was like, this meme. It was, like, it was, I think it was a, a previous, like, Pittsburgh, like, Super Bowl. Um, uh, what do they call that? Um, parade. Uh-huh. And, like, the teams in the, in the streets, you know, millions of people, whatever. Right. Um, and it was, like. Pittsburgh celebrating the firing of Matt Canada. And I just yeah. I thought it was just like, oh my goodness, he should turn off his uh, social media because right. he's getting hammered out there. I'm sure, man. I'm sure. All right. Now, let's move on to this. Um, I have Det- uh, Chicago Detroit le- next. Um, man, this game was surprisingly high scoring. It was a pretty close game throughout. There were six ties or lead changes, which, I, which is completely unexpected. Golf had uh, been playing pretty well this year so far, but had to fight through some adversity in this one, throwing two interceptions on his first two drives. I think he had three for the game. So um, I don't know what it is about Chicago. They threw some stuff at him and it seemed to confuse Goff a little bit. Yeah, my notes uh, had Justin Fields and the Chicago defense looked great in this game. Um, Fields throws for nearly 70% of his passes for 169 yards and a touchdown. Also leads the team in rushing with 104 yards. Uh, DJ Moore finally got in the end zone again after a few weeks. Um, yeah, and Jared Goff throws for 236, two touchdowns, but those three interceptions uh, kept Chicago in the game. You know, D- David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs get in the end zone as well, as does Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, Chicago just couldn't hold uh, Detroit off in the fourth quarter there, man, kind of uh, – let down at the end of the game when they when they had it in their grasp so yeah I, I mean my game ball is to follow up on your point goes to uh gibbs and montgomery aka thunder and lightning um the detroit offensive line is one of their greatest strengths um as a result in these tough close divisional rivalries they can rely on this running game to mitigate their mistakes um i think they were heavy with Goff early on, and they're like, hey, they're playing us very well. Let's do this. Let's just dominate the line of scrimmage and keep the ball out of the opposing offense. Um, and, you know, they did it. They were 80 all-purpose yards for um, – uh, they were both over 80 all-purpose yards. Um, they had each had two plays of over 10 yards, so explosive plays and obviously a TD apiece. So I thought they played very well. Um, that's a handy piece when we talk about success in the playoffs, uh, a strong offensive line and running game. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, I like I, I really like both of those players a lot. So uh, yeah, good for them. So my spotlight, just Detroit as a team, um, they didn't look very good over the uh, first three quarters, um, but they stuck to it, right? Uh, Goff started to play a little bit better. The running game started to dominate. The defense started getting pressure on Chicago. Chicago was up 26-14 with about four uh, minutes left in the game. Um, Detroit offense goes out there and scores 14 points. Um, the Detroit defense forced a punt and a safety to end the game. So when it mattered, they came together and they did what they needed to do to win that game. I think that is the piece that I've been missing with Detroit for all these years. They either get out in front on you or it's a close game and they end up losing. This is a, a game where they had to overcome some significant mistakes, significant adversity, a two touchdown deficit, and they did it and they won. Um, I think to them, this is a game that they can hang their hat on. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. All right, which which game did you have next up? <laughs> all right, it's the San Diego Chargers. Wink at Green Bay. Um, I think we can start crossing teams off as we go down these lists over the next few uh, weeks. Uh, both of these teams are four and six, and after this game, I think the line of demarcation for potential playoff bid starts at about 10 and seven. I think this is not, this is not new news. I think 10 and seven is the number that if you can hit, you have an opportunity to sneak in or be uh, in the hunt. Uh, Green, Green Bay is currently sitting at the EC eighth seed rather uh, one slot out of the playoffs. Um, but they play at Detroit um, at home versus Kansas city in their next two games. If they lose these two games then you can cross them off in my opinion. Now for the, for the, for the chargers, I'll call them the Clippers. Now they're done. They're the 13th seat in the AFC right now. And after these, after this latest two game losing streak, they have like Baltimore Denver twice, which at this point is not a, a, a win column automatic um, Buffalo at Las Vegas, who plays them tough and uh, at in, in home at Kansas city. I'm not sure where they can find six wins in these in these last games. Yeah, it's going to be real tough. Um, you know, my notes for the game is it was it was back and forth and really really entertaining. Um, you know, from what I saw of it, uh, both quarterbacks looked good in this one too. Jordan Love throws for 322 and and two touchdowns, and Herbert throws for 260 in uh, two touchdowns. But uh, he had 73 yards rushing. That's crazy, man. That's probably damn near his career high. But uh, well, I think like twenty of that, twenty eight of that was on one like run to get that first down. It was like third and long, and right. they left I the middle wide open. I did see that, and then uh, yeah, I had a, I mean, I guess my spotlight, Aaron Jones, you know, first game back or second game back, and and leaves with a strained knee. Uh, that's tough. So we saw a bunch of. Uh, rough injuries we talked about the couple of injuries in the cleveland game but they've already lost um uh, uh watson yeah we now have mark andrews going down in this game there was a joey bosa injury right, and an right. aaron jones injury these are significant players that a joe burrow injury we're yeah. losing significant players that have a massive impact on the trajectory of these teams and i think with those types of with, – with the San Diego defense playing as bad as they are, they cannot afford to lose their best or at least second best uh, defensive player. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. So uh, I guess we should have this conversation. My spotlight's Brandon Staley. You called this out last year, and I said, let's press pause. Let's see if we can upgrade it, you know, offensive coordinator and just unleash Herbert. Well, they're kind of doing that. Um, but I think it's time. I think I think it's time to execute your plan. There is no reason to fire him anytime soon. So I would expect him to lose his job on Black Monday, not during the season. But he should definitely be out after this year, especially after his weird um, media day, you know, tirade. That was bizarre. That was very bizarre. Yeah. He... Don't ask me again. Yeah, he's a dead man walking for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to also give Jordan Love a shout out. He got my game ball this week. Um, all the yards that you mentioned, 322, 68% completion, couple of touchdowns. He fired a couple of lasers out there. Um, there was one close on his own end zone. He rolls out to his left and fires it back to the right. Man, just on a on a rope to his guy over the middle. His, his two touchdown passes – uh, on the contrary, were really nice touch passes where he had to kind of float it over a defender. Um, I mean, if you're a Green Bay fan, I would be pretty excited with the future of the franchise. I think this kid can be a top 10, 12 quarterback in the league once he gets some reps under his belt. He doesn't have a lot of start. He didn't have a lot of starts in college. He didn't have a lot of starts, you know, with Green Bay. I think he has the arm talent. Uh, I think he's relatively accurate. Uh, I think he makes some mental mistakes. I think he, they need to work on his mechanics a little bit, but overall, um, I've been pretty happy this year uh, how he looks when it's going well. Yeah, he's. I'm. Yeah, when it, when he's right, it, it, when it looks good. But yeah, when he's off, it's hard it's, to ignore it, right? Yeah. It's it's crazy. All right, Las Vegas at Miami. I wasn't sure what to think of this game. Uh, Miami coming off a loss to uh, KC um, the week before, uh, two weeks ago, and they had a bye last week. They looked flat um, offensively, anyway. Um, Las Vegas came into Miami uh, with two game winning streak. Uh, their defense played pretty tough, uh, but they allowed you know some you know uh, an explosive pass to Tyreek, which I mean, who doesn't really? <laughs> He ran um, this like deep post, split three lost uh, uh, the Raiders defenders, and then just hit this accelerator and just ran away from any defender that was there. It was it was an amazing play, and I guess when you look at it over and over again, you're just like, man, this guy is so fast and so dangerous, and has really good hands. <laughs> Very scary. Uh, yeah. So, Mike, my, my notes for this one, I. I don't know if Miami is good. Like they might just be a mediocre team beating up on, on all these crappy teams. Um, you know, they beat the Raiders by seven. Uh, Tua turns the ball over again twice. feel like if uh, they were playing anybody but the Raiders last week, they'd probably lose. Um, you know, Aiden O'Connell one-ups Tua by throwing three interceptions um, and <laughs> You know, when, I'll come when, back to that. I'll yeah, come back when, to that. Yeah. <laughs> when you let, so I, I just put, when you let teams hang around, bad shit can happen at the end of the game. See Seahawks, comma, Seattle. <laughs> All right. My spotlight is Aiden O'Connell, just to kind of pick up where you left off. He has six interceptions and four fumbles this season to his three TDs. He's got a huge arm. There's no question. The ball just launches off his hands, but he makes a lot of questionable decisions. 
he's clearly not seeing the whole field. Um, after seeing him in real NFL games playing starting defenses, I'm really not that optimistic about his pro- prospects of maintaining his starting position um, in the NFL. I, I just don't. I mean, I'll I'll listen to people tell me these things, um, but if you have a good argument for it, I'll listen. But I, I'm not seeing it. I don't like uh, Jimmy G as a as an alternative, but I don't think this guy's going to be the guy for them. No, I don't think I don't think they have the answer on the roster at this point. Um, my game of all goes to Tyreek Hill. Um, we talked about him before as we went into this. Uh, blowing the roof off that Las Vegas defense. Again, 146 yards in the TD. Um, he had 10 receptions. They went, went after him a lot. Um, he did go into the locker room at some point with an apparent arm injury, but ended up coming back. So I'm not sure what happened there. Um, oh, and he's still on pace for potentially being the first receiver to get 2,000 yards in a season. He's, I mean, he's unbelievable, man. He's really, like, I, I just, I figured when Kansas City let him go, it's like, oh, they're probably, he's going to have a good year, maybe, you know, year and a half, and then he's going to slow down. And he, this guy is just, he's insane. It's, it's crazy. Like, watching him run away from the Raiders' defense on that, that long passing uh, play that he caught was insane i mean he went from zero to 60 and you know like zero like a half a second or so it was crazy so well just the speed to split the two safeties over the top of the one underneath and great pass by tua yeah and then once he grabs it it's just peace sign that's all you see all right. I, cool. It, it All looked right. like it looked like he was dead to rights when he caught the ball. I'm like, oh, it's going to be like a nice little 12 yard gain, and then it was boom. And he took oh, off. Yeah, that's crazy. Hit the nitro, the uh, <laughs> the nitrous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, New York Jets at Washington. Um, I put this um, the Tommy DeVito thing, the name and how it goes with like Goodfellas. I put in here, Tommy didn't shoot spider this <laughs> weekend, <laughs> but he did fire three TDs into the end zone. Um, this game was 14 to 12 going into the fourth quarter. Um, and then did the Giants just rattle off two more TDs. I- I'm not sure how we got here. <laughs> it's, it was pretty crazy. It's uh, my, crazy. Yeah, this game was nuts. My uh, spotlight, uh, I'm going to yeah. put on Sam Howell. Uh, not a huge fan of his decisions in this game. Took four sacks today, threw a pick six, uh, avoiding his fifth sack. Uh, he added two more interceptions to his stat line. Um, Sam Howell's probably closer to the middle of the pack when it comes to QB rankings, in my opinion. Um, those hits he's taken are going to add up. I like his grit, don't get me wrong, but you can only get like a year or two before those hits uh, start putting you in the injury go-round. He's Every little one of those hits that he took, that one where he's trying to get the touchdown, where he got the touchdown, but kept the play moving because they weren't sure, and he just got lit up out of bounds. Those things will stack up on him. He got lit up at the point of at at the point where he's trying to cross the goal line, and then got lit up again going out yep. of bounds. So he caught he got yep. two or three hits on that one play, man, which did not look good. He he really he he's kind of like a Brett Favre esque. Like, I don't care about my body, whatever, you know, where I'm going, I don't need a physical body. So I'll just destroy it now. 
Um, so I don't know. Where I don't I'm know where it's going. I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was great. Yeah. Uh, so I, Keep an eye on him. He's yeah. exciting. I will say I that. Do, I like him. I do. I really enjoy watching him play football. But the, yeah, this game was not it, man. The, the Giants threw threw the, a wrench into his uh, his his plans. But I was listening um, to a podcast earlier this week, and the 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 term risk came in to the conversation as it relates to Sam Howell. Mm-hmm. He is very good when he's good, but he makes some questionable decisions, and it turns really bad when he's bad. Yeah. He's like a better version of Jordan Love at this point, it feels like to me. I take him over Jordan Love right now, but if I'm looking at a long-term um, like trajectory, I'm definitely taking Jordan Love over him um, just because Jordan Love's not taking a shot. He's younger, and I think he has you know, at least a good, as good arm as, as, as Howell, and I think he's a little bit taller, which I like. Sam's yeah. one of those smaller 6'1" dudes uh but his risk can you mitigate his risk is he worth the risk so who knows yeah all right um my notes for this one uh the tommy devito era is upon us uh, after being sacked five times in the first quarter uh tommy proceeds to throw for 246 three touchdowns and no interceptions uh saquon gets loose for 140 um all-purpose yards and two receiving touchdowns uh, the Redskins couldn't get anything going offensively. Sam Howell tried to run for a touchdown. I mentioned, you know, the, like we just talked about, got drilled twice on the same play. Um, and I think they had to take him into the tent and evaluate him for a concussion at that point. Um, but did did still throw for 255 and a touchdown. But those three interceptions, man, you can't have that, um, especially not against the Giants. Like, I don't think the Giants defense is particularly good. So uh, They're scrappy. Yeah. Uh, I think Washington's defense is finally starting to show the, you know, losing Montez Sweat and Chase Young and those guys like that, you know, definitely uh, is going to take a toll. So it's funny. uh, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out what the Washington strategy is like from a team building perspective. Yeah. Like what are they trying to do? Are they trying to tank the season by selling those guys off? Um, I'm not sure what their agenda is. Because, yeah, you want to build your defense around. I mean, those are both those Typically. Are two young pass. Those are two young pass rushers that they got rid of. But um, you and know, did you get commiserate value for them? I don't think they did. I don't either. I don't I, I would say I would vote no. But at the same time, like if you're not you, they had already turned down the fifth year option on uh, Chase Young. So maybe they just don't think he's the, the right fit. But I I don't know that whoever's making personnel decisions in New York or in uh, Washington is doing a great job anyway. So. Don't know if you really want that to be, uh, you know, that those if you trust in those decisions. But it, um, on Tommy DeVito, uh, was the ghost already in the house for Washington? Because it doesn't matter who lives in that house, the ghost always is tormenting them. Yeah, and I don't know whose ghost is in there, but it doesn't matter who owns that team. There is always chaos surrounding it. They are constantly making bad decisions. Um, I, I have no idea how they move forward or what they're thinking or, or anything like that. Yeah. I love their wide receivers. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, I wanted to mention uh, on Tommy DeVito, it was funny because, uh, I was talking to my friend, Eric, who's a huge Syracuse fan. Um, and we were ch- just talking about football on Sunday and, uh, he was at his kid's basketball game, I think. And he's like, Oh, 
yeah, I was like, man, the Giants are are going off on uh, on Washington right now. And Tommy DeVito threw three touchdowns, and he was like, are you? Because he's like, Tommy DeVito went to Syracuse and barely started. I think he started like half of one season. Like I couldn't believe he was even in the NFL when uh, when they announced that he was the starter for the Giants. And uh, he's like, the guy doesn't get rid of the ball though. He's like, he holds on the ball way too long and just takes like ridiculous sacks. And I'm like, well, he got sacked five times in the first quarter. So he's just like, I knew it. He's like, he's a bum, blah, blah, blah. But then he, you know, bounced back, obviously, and threw for a bunch of uh, Tommy is there to amuse you. Yeah, he is. For sure. <laughs> well, I was I was thinking about making him uh giving him the game ball. Um, but I'm, obviously Saquon's really the one that kind of like got him over the hump there uh, yeah. with the three touchdowns. Two, two of those touchdowns go to him, as you mentioned before. Um, question for you at his uninjured best or just uninjured self, maybe doesn't even have to be best. Is he the top running back in the NFL? He can catch powerful runner. Um, as long as he's healthy. I mean, where do you, where would you put him? I mean, it's him top or... five. Yeah. If he's, if he's a hundred percent healthy, I mean, it's probably, yeah, it's probably like an argument between Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, and Christian McCaffrey. And maybe Derrick Henry's. Maybe McCaffrey guy. I'd put ahead of him just because I think McCaffrey is the best version of what a running back needs to be in today's NFL. Yeah. Uh, again, injury plagued as well, so we'll see. All right, well, that's that's who I gave my game ball to, Saquon. Right. Um, let's move on to Dallas at Carolina. Um this had my eyebrows up for most of the game. Like I was like, what? Um, this game was 17 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. That's my first note too. The game full stop. Yeah. The game didn't get I'm out like, of control until the fourth quarter. That's, that's so shocking. And then here's what happened. Dallas, Dallas scores a touchdown. Carolina throws a pick six. Then Carolina fumbles. Dallas gets a field goal. And then the Dallas defense forces three and outs and punts and then runs out the clock. They basically just in a period of probably five or six minutes, turn this in from a, like a 17 to 10 bloodbath to like a 31 to 10 victory. It was insane what happened. Um, I was like, wow, Carolina is playing Dallas tough. They're, they're keeping them out of the end zone and all this other stuff. And then the, the, the dam broke. Yeah. It, it's nuts, man. Like that's, that's the same thing. Like Carolina seemed to be holding their own. And then gave up 16 unanswered points to the Cowboys in the fourth quarter. Um, Dak looked fine throwing for 189 and a couple touchdowns. Uh, Tony Pollard goes for 61 and a touchdown. Uh, Bryce Young doesn't do a whole lot throw. Well, let's 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 okay. let's talk about Tony Pollard, right? Because yeah. that's his first touchdown since week one. I that's know. something. I, I know. I've got him on fantasy uh, on my fantasy football team. <laughs> I am aware. So it was partly because I looked at the score and I looked at Dak's like stats and I'm like, how do you, how do you throw for less than 200 yards and put 31 points on the board? And I'm like, what is going on with the world today? And I started to deep dive into this and it was really, really close through most of the game. Um, I guess CD lambs kind of adding to his legend as a wide receiver one, maybe um, we'll see how that goes. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking he's a really good two. I think he's a T Higgins. Let's put it that way. More of a T Higgins than he is a Jamar chase. Yeah. Yeah. I think the real difference in this was the eight penalties by Carolina. That's 90 yards that they were penalized for. And at key points of the game, when they got personal fouls and stupid, like hitting after the play or roughing the passer, 
Uh, 90 yards is a drive that they gave up in penalties throughout this game. It's hard to keep to get the, the opposing offense off the field when um, you're hurting yourself as 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 an offense and you're hurting yourself as as the defense. It's hard to stop people from scoring. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, the the last part of my notes was just that Bryce Young throws a touchdown and an interception. Um, also fumbles the ball and got sacked seven times for forty six yards. And I, I honestly, on one of those, I thought he was dead because uh, Micah Parsons <laughs> lit his ass up, and it did not look good. A couple of those hits this week, right? Yeah. Like, how did that guy get up from that? Yeah, crazy. I feel like Bright Bryce Young's out there playing flag football. He kind of like he doesn't take deliberate dropbacks and plant that back foot and fire out. He's more nonchalant about his motion and it doesn't look like there's any urgency in the way he plays. Um maybe that's just him. That, that's my style, man. I like to be free and and just let it let it come to me, that kind of stuff, maybe. But, I mean, it's not working. Kid's got an arm, no question. He's accurate. He's definitely confident in his ability. But he's a little guy. Maybe little guys in the NFL shouldn't be so nonchalant. Let's, you know, play with a little urgency. Fire that ball out. Hit that back foot. Um, just use your entire body to, to throw that ball. Because that's what you're supposed to do. Right. Bryce Young. I'm Bryce Young. <laughs> I used his full name. He's in trouble. All right. My game ball goes to Duran Bland uh, this week. Fifth round pick out of Fresno State. Uh, he became a starter once Trayvon Diggs went down uh, with a seizing, season ending injury. Um, this season has six total uh, interceptions and four pick sixes. That's insane. He has more touchdowns than Seattle's DK Metcalf. I checked that. You're, you're a big DK Metcalf stan. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it is, man. It is. That's uh that's yeah, that's crazy. All right, we'll leave that stat there for you to kind of think about a little bit. All right. Tennessee at Jacksonville. Jacksonville's good. Uh, but I don't think they're really a Super Bowl contender. Um that said, they dismantled this bad Tennessee team. Yeah, I mean, it's uh 27-0 before Tennessee uh before Tennessee can even get in the end zone. Uh, you know, Calvin Ridley made a triumphant return to relevancy, catching seven balls for 103 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Trevor Lawrence goes off for 262 in those two touchdowns, but no turnovers, which was was positive. Um, yeah, four touchdowns for him, 75% uh, on his 32 passes. He's got my game ball this week. Looked probably the best he's ever ha- has looked all season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we might need to bring the Trevor tracker back. Um, <sighs> yeah, maybe. Well, I think he's still like as far as MVP, and that's the reason for the Trevor tracker is because I thought he was a a decent, um, kind of like under the radar pick for MVP, but just hasn't played up to that level this year. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I mean. Will Levis, like the obviously the Tennessee offense got nothing going until late in the game, but Will Levis was 13 for 17 um, for 158 yards and two touchdowns. But it just like I said, took so long for them to get anything going. A game was out of reach. But uh, how about um, Jeffrey Simmons, uh, All Pro, 
defensive lineman making an appearance on offense and catching a touchdown pass late in the game. I did see that in the box scores. I'm like, is, do they have two Simmons, Jeffrey Simmons on their team? That's what I but thought nope, too at it first. Was the, it was, like, was the oh, same yeah. guy. <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me double check. No, it's, it's, as far as uh, Will Levis, I like his arm. Um, he's not scared to get it downfield either. So I think those are some qualities that I really appreciate. I think the game's moving a little bit too fast for him right now, um, especially when it gets pressure around him. I hope they can get that figured out because that's the first sign that your career is not going in the direction you want. Ask Baker Mayfield. When he gets surrounded by people, he gets a little punchy and doesn't know where he's doing and panics. I don't want to see that out of Will Levis. Um, they didn't ask him to do a whole lot in this game. But I think there's still some potential there. I mean, he's definitely better than Pickett. I mean, yeah. he's moving up. He's moving up on the the quarterback list, if in my opinion. Yeah, I wanted to spotlight Calvin Ridley. Apparently, uh, he has gone into. He's out of witness protection. He went for 103 and two touchdowns. I don't know where this guy's been. Um, we talked about it the other day. Like, oh, Calvin Ridley's open over there. I think maybe they're starting to push the ball down the field, or at least they did in this game. Um, so let's not forget, I think Jacksonville was like two and seven or something like that last year. They were abysmal in the first half of the season. And then they had this monumental turnaround to get them to to win the uh, AFC South and even win a playoff game in, in the wild card round. So let's let's give Peterson for now a little leeway that he's going to get this thing flipped around the defense is playing great we got calvin ridley in the loop now trevor has his best game um let's see where this team goes uh for the remainder of the season it's exciting though they got a big game coming up this week and i think that'll kind of set the tone for them for the rest of their year yeah no doubt all right arizona at houston is our next game uh, it was a bit of a rough day for cj stroud throwing three interceptions in the red zone um, that's a problem, I guess. Uh, but not for him. He says, you know, you don't ask Steph Curry to stop shooting. So, um, he's going to keep throwing it. So I like the, I like the, the hubris. So keep that up. Um, uh, his defense came up big this week though, for, uh, two turnovers of their own. The running game was looking pretty good. And as a team, they made enough plays to win the game. I know that's kind of a cliche statement, but sometimes that's just how it is. Yeah, yeah, you know, I put the uh, the Cardinals are scrappy as hell. You know, they're kind of fun to watch, especially with Kyler Murray back in there running around. Um, he goes for two sixty five all purpose yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, James Conner had a nice day with a decent day of sixty two yards on the ground, and C.J. Stroud throws again nearly seventy three percent of his passes, three thirty six. Those two touchdowns, but obviously three interceptions is tough, but. You know, shooters shoot, like you said, and like he said, um, still I was poised enough to do uh, to do just enough to win the game. Uh, Devin Singletary, I thought that guy. He's my know. spotlight. Okay, yeah, I was. I Go was for it. Go for it. What do you got? 112 and a touchdown, man. That was, that was great. And then Tank Dell might be the best r- rookie wide receiver in the NFL, catching eight balls man, for 149 touchdown. All right. Great. So spotlight, Singletary, you're right about the yards. He has had a really good um, last two weeks. He's been on a roll. Uh, he had 150 in a, in a TD last week, 112 in a TD this week. I hope it's good to see him. He, you know, he wasn't super productive with the Bills, um, so it's good to see him uh, having some success with the with the Texans. 
I put Tank Dell as my as for a game ball, but I added the uh, CJ Stroud slash Tank Dell connection. Now look at this: almost over seven hundred yards and six touchdowns this season, um, and they're over fifteen yards per reception. Uh, they hooked up for a forty-yard bomb and and uh, and a TD in this game. Man, they that's the type of downfield relationship I would love to see Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson explore with that talent. What what I feel is missing from that Baltimore that that Baltimore offense and uh and Lamar is what we're seeing with CJ Stroud and Tank Dell. Hey, yeah, I agree, man. I really I'm I'm really uh I, I like I just like watching CJ Stroud play football, man. He's fun. That that he process that offense, is quick. He's he's a blast to watch. Great. Yeah, that offense is a lot of fun to watch. So I'm I'm happy and and Devin He Singletary. might be coming up later in uh games I want to see. All right. All right. Tampa Bay at San Francisco. Uh, you know, this game was pretty close at halftime. San Francisco was only up 13 to seven. Um, in the second half, each team basically doubled that score. So it turned into like a, you know, 27-14. There's just Baker had, who had done a pretty good job mitigating his mistakes over the last couple of weeks, turned the ball over twice. That hurts, especially against this offense, against that defense. A fumble at the uh, on a nine-play drive. So I have a deep drive into San Francisco territory. territory. They're 35, um, and he fumbles it. And then an interception in the red zone on the San Francisco nine. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. They just got to – hold on to the ball and then Baker can't hurt the team deep in those scoring drives. Cause if you, if, if you convert those to at least a field goal, I mean that, that short pass on the nine, I mean, that needed to be a touchdown right there. If you can't score touchdowns against the good teams in the league, you will not be there at the end. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I said, the game was never close despite the score. Brock Purdy looks amazing, throwing for 84% of his completions, 333 and three touchdowns, and that's a lot of threes. No interceptions. I did notice that. I'm like, <laughs> some sort of like, numerical anomaly. Yeah, and then, you know, Baker turns the ball over twice, uh, for and but did throw for 246 and a touchdown. Uh, Tampa's running game is a problem for them. Uh, just yeah. couldn't get anything going whatsoever. It's consistency. I think their offensive line has some yeah. difficulty with their blocking. And then uh, uh, I had, um, I had uh, Brandon Ayuk, I think, had one of his better games as a pro, you know, going for five catches for 156 and a touchdown. And George Kittle, uh, eight for 89 and a touchdown. So they all their their big uh, big offensive weapons, uh, I, they just have so many. I mean, it's like McCaffrey doesn't go off, then George Kittle goes off, or Brandon or Debo doesn't go off, Brandon Ayuk goes off. So, so I'm going to uh, talk about my game ball because I want to piggyback what you just said there. You already said all it's Brock Purdy. You said all the stats, but I think the big thing here that we're talking about is the three amigos were on the field at the same time these last two games. So we have um, Debo. CMC and uh, the tight end on <laughs> name is escaping me at the moment. Chime in when you got it there. Um, they're on the field at the same time. George it Kittle. makes it a lot easier for Brock to, you know, quarterback. Yeah. And then in those moments, you see Ayuk really 
playing his best games because of the attention that is put on these other players. So George Kittle was the tight end. Jeez, my brain. All right. Anyways, so I think that's why we're seeing over the last couple of weeks, Ayuk having a couple of pretty big games. And when he was on the field by himself without Debo, you know, he kind of disappeared. I think it's really important that this team have these three players on the field at all times. And if they do, they are a really tough team to play against and defeat. Uh, good luck, San Diego. We, or I'm sorry, Seattle coming up this week with playing this team. Yeah, good luck. I do want to call – was that? Uh, nothing. I'm just making disparaging comments about the Seahawks. Just complaining. <laughs> all right. My spotlight, let's just circle back real quick. Um, I think Tampa Bay is better than their um, – four and six record would indicate uh, looking at their looking at the remaining schedule. I think they probably have the best chance to win the division. Baker is clearly the best quarterback in that division. So I expect them to probably make the playoffs. I had them fourth because I, I wasn't a Baker believer going into the year, but I think they've surprised me quite a bit defensively. They're scrappy. Um, like I said, they held this team 13-7 in the first half before all the mistakes started happening, and I don't put that on the defense. So um, Baker just needs to keep those mistakes down, hopefully find that running game to your point as we move closer to the end of the year. Um, we'll see. I think uh, they're my favorite right now for the NFC uh, South, yeah. despite the loss. Yeah. All right. This game was ugly. New York Jets at Buffalo. The cool. Zach Wilson era comes to an end. On this day, eight, on the 18th day of November in the year of our Lord, 2023, he had 81 passing yards, a touchdown, and an interception in this game. He was fat, uh, sacked five times um, in less than three quarters for 30 yards. So he likes to run backwards. I think it's time for Aaron Rodgers to kind of chill out and wait for next year. Stop with the, like, here, I'm rehabbing, guys. I will be there in December nonsense. Uh, the Jets are having a season from hell. They pushed all their chips in on Rodgers. And their hedge was Zach Wilson. And I think this is a huge mistake. Um, I'm going to discuss a little bit more of my thoughts related to this in um, our hot take segment. But um, this was a really bad game, a really bad look for the New York Jets. Yeah. Um, yeah, my notes just pretty much repeat what you already said. The long national nightmare is over. Uh, <laughs> Zach Wilson no longer it will no longer be a starting quarterback in the NFL god willing uh he was replaced halfway through the game by Tim Boyle who's also not a good NFL quarterback but he's not Zach Wilson so uh Josh Allen got back on track throwing for 275 three touchdowns and an interception uh James Cook has a nice day rushing for 73 and hauling in three passes for uh 29 yards and a touchdown I for the, my game ball, I, I obviously Josh Allen's the best player on that team, but I'm I don't want to reward him quite yet for having an average game against this defeated yeah. uh, New York Jets team. So I'm going to give it to Buffalo defense. They they held the Jets under you know to under a touchdown, so it's six points total on the game. Really good day for them. They seemed like they were uh, back to their at least a part of what they were at the beginning of the season. I believe they had a safety that carted off the field. So another major injury um, in the NFL on uh, this last weekend, we'll see how that goes, but at least this week, a win 
in division um, is is huge. Uh, my spotlight this week is how bad and unmotivated this Jets team looks. There's always a point in the season where a really good defense can go, we can carry this offense. As long as they put up 13 points, we will win or something like that. Right. I think that's what the, the conversation around the, the 2000 Baltimore Ravens was is Ray Lewis is like, you got to give us 14 points or 18 points. That's it. We will t- take care of the rest. And I think, I'm not calling this Jets team that defense, but it is akin to it. And I think if we watch that defense finally realize that all of the work that they're putting in is for nothing. And I think we can put a nail in the Jets. They're done. For sure. For sure. It's sad. I was, I was so looking forward to what they could be, and um, they just were never able to figure it out. I think they're the they're, they're having they're the team in the uh, AFC East that's having the year from hell. Uh, maybe that's a segment we can come up with. Go by division. Which team is having the season from hell? <laughs> My candidate for uh, the East would be uh, the Jets here. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's get this over with, man. Seattle at the Rams. Uh, this game was pretty disappointing uh, as a Seattle fan. Um, Seattle is six and four after the loss, but it's going to be one of they have one of the hardest schedules down the stretch. Uh, Their next four games are San Francisco on a short week at Dallas, at San Francisco and then home versus Philly. Um, My brother had mentioned me being a little bit pessimistic about this. I expect them to be six and eight after this stretch. He thinks they can steal one against Dallas. I don't know. Um, We do have some winnable games um, after that. They're not easy. We got at Tennessee, Pittsburgh at home, and then at uh, Arizona. I predict we can get two out of three here. That puts us at nine and eight. I'm sorry, eight and nine. So I, I'm not sure we are going to get enough wins uh, this year with this remaining schedule to, to get us into the playoffs. And boy, let's look at two weeks ago, we were the number one position. We were number one in the NFC West, and here we are talking about not making the playoffs. Congratulations, Pete Carroll. Has the game passed Pete Carroll by? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, Dude, save, his... that, that, save that. That'll be our, that's going to be our question next week. for Jeremy. Okay. <laughs> um, my notes, Mike, yeah, Seattle holds the Rams to something like 39 total yards in the or 30, 29, something like that t- total yards in the first half, but give up the, the touchdown right before the end of the first half. Seattle's up 13 to seven at this point and proceed to come out in the second half. And they only are able to muster 39 yards in the entire second half. So let's, uh, let's, let's pause on that because okay. I want to, I want to piggyback your uh, LA Rams defense. They're my game ball this week. It looked like they had 15 people on the field all day. They only had two sacks as a defense, but they had eight hits on Gino. He looked rushed all game and their secondary who I don't know any of these people, most of, most of which were drafted in the four to six rounds. I think there's a seventh rounder in there and a couple thirds. I don't even know who these people are but they look like they're really good. They're well-coached or scrappy or whatever. I don't know what it is, but great job by the LA Rams defense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Geno Smith gets destroyed by Aaron Donald. Um, 
and and had to leave the game for two series comes back um leads the team down the field to the Rams 39 where all of a sudden we're, we're down by what two two points at that point we could have kicked a field goal to win by one or it was something like that anyway um gets us to the uh to the Rams 39 and runs up to the ball about 40 seconds to go could have spiked it reset figured out a way like a, a, a quick out route or something we have no timeouts remaining instead he runs a draw play to Zach Charbonneau up the middle or Charbonnet up the middle and then we have to and he only gets two yards we have to run up spike the ball and then try to kick the field goal with whatever nine seconds left or something it just seemed very like discombobulated at the end of the game there like there wasn't communication wasn't working I know Gino I think said that his uh the earpiece and his helmet wasn't working so he just kind of panicked no he said he said he couldn't hear the play there was like a bunch of chatter okay so there must have been some crosstalk between coaches and everything that was affecting his ability to hear the play so he they yes they run the ball up the middle and jason myers like just shanks of 50 and it looked like it was going to be good at first and then it just kind of eked out off of off to the i'm not even mad at myers man that's a 55 yard kick that is not something that's easy to do our team, our team, the Seahawks have to do a better job of getting him in a position where he's closer to the 50, ideally inside the 50 um, yard mark. So they can um, have at least a realistic opportunity there. I think it was completely, they completely botched those last seconds of that game. It wasn't yeah. fun to watch. Um, and then I also had a note that, you know, Cooper Cup and Kenneth Walker, the third, both leave the game with injuries and don't return. And uh, Royce Freeman has a nice game with 73 yards rushing. Yeah, he looked like he came through and got like first downs whenever they needed it. Um, We had a tough time getting these guys off the field. And maybe this is why. Penalties. Seattle was penalized 12 times for 130 yards. Let's let that sit in a little bit. That's a that's a lot of yardage due to penalties. Now the Rams weren't immune to this whole thing. They were flagged nine times for for, for ninety two yards. Those numbers are game altering days for uh, for a running back or a wide receiver. The game was maddening to watch. Every time we got some momentum, every time we had him in third and long, it was a mistake. It was like a pass interference or a holding call. And it just, it just kept drives moving, just maddening game. It was so frustrating, man. I, the, the Seahawks, it, I don't know. It's just I, maybe every the nine NFL and eight fan, Seahawks, every, maybe every NFL fan feels this way about their team, but it's just so fucking frustrating watching them play football. Anyway, like and here's a team team that I would rather watch uh, Minnesota at Denver, Denver right now, because the expectations were low to watch them in uh, on this winning streak is a much funner watch. If I was a fan of Denver versus what I'm seeing out of Seattle. So the Minnesota Denver game had a little of everything in it. Right. They had special teams, trick plays, amazing catches in the back of the end zone. Crazy like pass fake out. By uh, 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 Judy, Uh, these teams uh, really went deep into their bag on this game. Alexander Madison, I feel bad bad for him. Had a huge fumble on the Denver thirty-four. Man, Denver Denver, like three games in a row has recovered or gotten a turnover on the first drive of the game. They kicked the ball off and gotten a turnover on the first drive of the game, like two or three games. That is again, 
you're setting me up wonderfully, wonderfully today uh, with your points. Um, let's transition that into my spotlight. Den Denver's turnover margin during this four game winning streak, Denver has is plus 12 in turnover differential. The defense has forced 14 turnovers uh, to the offenses uh, to only two. This, this disparity is uh, often indicates a bit of luck, right? Versus the defense dramatically improves. So there's a little luck that goes into this. Um, I would expect that the Denver um, luck would level off a little bit and this turnover margin kind of gets closer to the mean, but man, plus 12 over that winning streak. I think there's a huge reason that they're winning these games. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I, my notes for the game, Josh Dobbs is such a fun story. Uh, he takes a helmet to helmet hit early in the game and has to uh, get uh, checked out for a concussion, the concussion protocol, but he is able to return. Uh, I forget. I'm blanking on the guy's name. Is it Kareem Jackson or yeah. Yeah. He got suspended for the hit. Um, just was it two games, four games, or five games, four games. Okay. Four, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't uh, sure he got. Yeah. And so that's just, it's for, uh, it's not for this particular hit, but for like kind of the, the culmination, he's culmination been, he's been flagged for it. What? Four times this year, yeah, three times, something like that. So, um, Dobbs does throw for two twenty one and a touchdown also has an interception and fumbled the ball three times, but that was rough. Thankfully yeah. he only lost one of those. And, you know, like as much as I hate to say it, man, Russell Wilson just gets it done. Uh, the game looked over, but he led them back, scoring 12 points in the fourth quarter to take a one-point lead. Um, and and that the the last uh, – he was able to, to throw a touchdown pass to Cortland Sutton with a minute and three seconds to go in the game. And the defense was able to, to do just enough to stop Minnesota at that point. All right, again, great transition to my game ball, Cortland Sutton. Eight touchdowns this season, and he's scored a touchdown in each of Denver's last five games, including this four-game winning streak. Of course, he's made some really tough catches over the last two weeks. He had that one on the end zone sideline last week that I swear that piece of blade of grass flashed for a half a second on the replay. He did a great job getting his feet down. This week, he had this go-up-and-get-it type of pass. What he did when he went up, he spun his body – in order to kind of use that weight as leverage against the defenders so he could never get a good uh, like launch off the ground to try to get, get up and contest. And he's kind of twisted and makes a very, very high-pointed catch and gets and comes down in, in inbound. So really, really good job, really good awareness by him. He is a touchdown maker this year. Um, I'll even uh, forgive him of his – I think there's about three egregious fumbles by him uh, this year. Uh, but man, eight touchdowns this season by Cortland Sutton. Um, that's five more than your boy DK. So yes. interesting stuff, man. Really good job by him. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's wrap it up with, with one of the best games of this week. I thought on uh, that's Philly at, at KC. Um, just a little anecdote. Uh, well, first I was able to watch this game on Hulu, which was really cool. Quality oh, feed, really? no interruptions. Uh, so that was pretty exciting. Um, I was going to like at, right around halftime, just like jump in the shower real quick and kind of move on with my evening and catch the second half. But all this kind of like cool stuff was happening. There was always tension and excitement in each dry drive that they were made. Like the, the crowd was into it. 
the teams were really kind of like you could feel the tension in the game and i just i couldn't stop watching it it was it was a lot of fun it was it definitely was i kind of watched these games as like i did with the super bowl equal parts like i'm a big eagles fan i have been um most of my life and i really enjoy watching mahomes play a football game so it's like i would love to see the the eagles win a super bowl but i all i also really appreciate what mahomes does um and this week he did everything he could but my spotlight goes to the kansas city drops i mean it's pretty clear um there are about three egregious drops um either for touchdowns which we saw in that deep post just an absolute drop uh hit his hand <laughs> somebody said it hit all 10 fingers <laughs> it just yeah. I don't, I don't, that, I mean, this guy's going to have to deal with, you know, fans and stuff this week. And I, I'm, I'm that sure that's not going to be fun for him, but those types of, uh, it was a uh, MVS, right. Valdez Scantling. Yeah. Um, but you know, those are kind of the catches that you need to make. And there's a couple third down. Uh, I think it was Watson dropped a couple that were super important. Yeah. I just, it's, it's weird. Even, even, even Kelsey dropped a couple. Yeah. Uh, he did redeem himself with a couple um, first down catches, but it just it was a weird day again. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, one of the things I had down was um, you know Patrick Mahomes has to be losing his mind uh, with with all these drop passes by his receivers. Um, you know he has a great game, and, and it looked like Kansas City was going to walk away with this thing at halftime, and then uh, the Eagles it did defense stepped up big in the second half. And although there were all those drops and, and one particularly a drop touchdown or would have at least put them first and goal um, inside the five-yard line, possibly. Um, oh, that would have been it. He catches that. Even with the dive, would he would have landed in and bounds untouched oh, okay. for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, he was he, so he far been, ahead of his defender. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, that's a touchdown. I mean, that that would have – and which would have won the game for them. Um it would have put it. It would have put them up twenty four with, with the extra point, up twenty four uh, twenty one, uh, with only a few seconds left on the game. Okay, so yeah, and you know, um, I, I'm just yeah, I'm a fan. I I, I really like why these two teams. This was great. I know um, you and Primo were were nice enough to come watch the Super Bowl in in the hospital with me uh, when I was when I was laid up in there for for a few weeks. Um, back in february but this this was great i i we should have watched it together again man this was a good game yeah i really enjoyed yeah. it um you know that that philly offense their offensive line is just fun to watch they are which is something you don't normally say about offensive lines but it was kelsey I, I, was I, definitely in his bag jason kelsey was definitely oh, in his man. bag this week. when he gets out in front for the uh when he pulls Oh my God, man! That's like I I like Jason so Kelsey fast. a lot, man. He's, he's, he's awesome. so fast. Uh, he is just out there doing you know all the work. Um, well, the guy benefiting for this it gets my game ball this week. Jalen Hurts. Uh, it seems like he had like this knee injury that he's been pretty pesky. Um, it's improved quite a bit after the bye. He felt good again. Um, he didn't throw much this game. Um, but. He did have 150 in a TD and added two rushing. Um, he did did what he needed to do. I'm going to give a special shout out to Devontae Smith. He got pretty – man, 
they didn't take it easy on tackling him. Let's put it that way. I felt like they were trying to break him a couple of times. He had a really good day, 99 yards, including a 41-yard bomb to the KC1. That kind of set up that go-ahead Philly uh, touchdown. So uh, good job by him. That catch he made kind of sliding on, on his butt and just kind of like timing it perfectly. Very kind of Tyler Lockett, the way he caught that ball. Um, mm-hmm. So I really love this Eagles team. They they were um, doubling uh, AJ all day. And Devontae really stepped up. And I don't know. And, you know, Angie really likes his drip. Like that commercial where he's in all the suits with the hats and stuff. Uh-huh. And he's like, I like that guy's way he dresses. <laughs> so yeah. he's got that going for him as well. Congratulations, Devontae. Good good day. Yeah, yeah, I do like him too. Great, great game for him. All right. All right. Anything else there? No, let's wrap it up. All right. Let's let's uh look forward to week twelve. So what are you looking for uh next week? Like what are your games that you're like got your eyeball on? So uh, the three games I had circled, like you mentioned, uh, with the C.J. Stroud, um, I have Jacksonville at Houston. I think that is just setting up to be a pretty fun game um, in the uh, what AFC South there. Uh, yeah, they are in the AFC South. Yes. Yeah, should be a that that'll be a fun one. Uh, Buffalo, Philly, obviously the two of the you know one of the best teams in the AFC and the best team in the NFC. Um, and let's then, let's pause for a second on that Jacksonville. Is it are is the Texans the best defense that they've played in a few weeks or best offense they've played in a few weeks. Well, uh they lost the 49ers, so no. But yeah, I think maybe sent the Bills in was that Frankfurt or was that I think that was um in London. Since the Bills in London, which was not a good offensive performance uh for them, Texans are probably the best offense they faced other than their loss to the 49ers in seven or eight weeks. So it'd be an interesting test. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that'll be a good, good one. Um, and then, like I said, Buffalo, Philly, and then uh, Chicago and Minnesota. I'm just, I kind of want to see if Chicago can build off of that, that good performance they had this week. And then um, I'm a fan of Minnesota and Josh Dobbs. So. Um, I'd like to see. Yeah, uh, my fingers are crossed that everything goes well. I, I I think I'd rather see a Minnesota. I want to see the Minnesota like train continue to 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 roar here. So we'll, we'll hopefully they'll they'll do well this week. I have quite a few. I'm going to watch all of the um, or I I feel like the the games uh, that are on Thanksgiving tomorrow are all pretty good. Obviously, Green Bay at Detroit. I'm excited to see what Detroit can do moving. I mean, they're eight and two. Nine and two. They haven't seen eight and two since the 1960s, which is mind blowing for me. Um, they're going to be hopefully be nine and two after this week, short week. Um, so we'll probably see limited playbook, but um, man, they're looking really good. I'm excited to see them continue that. Washington at Dallas. Um, they these games are always kind of tight. I want to. I think this could be a sneaky watch out for Washington game against Dallas. Um, San Francisco at Seattle. Um, man, this. I'm not sure I actually want to watch this game. We'll see. I just have to like get in the right mindset. Mike, you're not a Seattle fan today. You just have to put it away. This is my internal dialogue and just watch the game for, you know, how good it'll be. How about Cleveland at Denver? You excited about that one? Can Denver keep it going? I want to see no. that Cleveland defense against, uh, against Russell. 
No, no Casey at Las Vegas. Anything there? No. 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 <laughs> not, not at all. Not. How about Bal- How about Baltimore at the Chargers? I mean, like, I just feel like the Chargers are not good, man. Like, it they're not. Be but they, these are the games that these, they surprise you. Like, like, oh, they're going to destroy Justin right. Herbert, that Baltimore defense, and then all of a sudden he throws for four hundred yards and five touchdowns. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. Trust me, man. In in a few months, I'm going to be like, shit. I would watch, you know, a Washington versus Indianapolis game right now if given the chance. So, yeah. There you go. There you have it. All right. Your question of the week is, what was my favorite holiday, right? Yeah. So I, I just was like trying to think of something to ask. I'm just like, you know what? Screw it, man. I was like, I, I so can I give you my rundown of like my like my top two? Oh, you're going to tear out holidays. Awesome. I'm, just, no, no, I'm not going to fully tear them out. But <laughs> as an adult, I feel like. As, a as kid, an adult, yeah. As a kid, well, as a kid, Christmas is probably like your favorite holiday. You get gifts and all this crap, like, um, and, you know, you're, I don't know. That that was always my favorite holiday when I was a kid. But now as an adult, it's definitely Thanksgiving because you get to eat awesome food normally, and you get to watch football now all day. So it's like the best of both worlds. Um, and then oh, all then my second, aspect. my second favorite is Fourth of July. Cause it's just friends and, you know, barbecuing and hanging out, having drinks, whatever the case may be. So those are my top two, but yeah. What's your, what's the, what's your favorite holiday, Mike? Well, uh, this is like Christmas probably is down the list a little bit. I think as the person, people, part of the group that has to like buy everything and host dinners and kind of deal with people coming and your family coming in and out coordinating all of that becomes challenging sometimes uh thanksgiving is is nice but kind of the same thing for me i like the the, the food afterwards obviously is is a great benefit to that particular holiday um fourth of july not a hugely patriotic dude but it is fun for the reasons that you had mentioned although my dogs hate the fireworks we have to like That's lock them in the, in the corner basement room so they they don't panic um and it's really relentless with all the fireworks especially this last year out on our lake you know um you know this is weird i like being out at a beach at a lake you know playing in the water kayaking all that kind of other stuff so i'd say labor day is a huge one for me not because of the labor movement or anything but just because of where it falls in the year you know, the opportunity to have that extra day, no matter what, where you can go camping and hit a lake or on our lake, even if we want to, we can sit out there and crack open a couple of beers and just to enjoy the warm weather and stuff like that. That's more my speed. If we're talking me personally, uh, Mike Parker, an individual human being in this universe, that's probably my pick. Okay. I like it. It's weird though. There, huh? There's no, there's no wrong answers, bro. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get into take corner here. I have a couple. I only um, have my one, first, so go ahead. My first is this Robert Sala situation. Um, I, I didn't really understand all the negative noise around Robert Sala as a head coach when the season started. 
in hard knocks, it, it appeared he was effectively communicating with his team. He was setting the tone. I felt like he was teaching, doing things like that. He was definitely excited to have the players on his team. Um, but there seems to be some holes in his process. I didn't like the OC hire. Um, the, his whole, like, what what's that Austin Power movie? Like, gold member like that's his favorite movie i mean to me that's a massive red flag it's just as a human being um so i i would have never that might be something i'll have to do if i'm ever interviewing an offensive coordinator it's like what's your favorite movie yeah and if they say fucking gold member i'm out all right cool we'll let you know don't call us we'll call you um and then them running this blocking scheme that aaron Rodgers hated that zone blocking scheme which he doesn't like that's another red flag. You bring in this guy specifically to help and execute a Aaron Rodgers offense. And then you implement a blocking style that he doesn't like. I don't understand why these things aren't working uh, together. And I think part of that is, is Sala. The one thing I kind of zagged a bit is he seems to be caught in the middle. Maybe, maybe he knew that Zach Wilson wasn't the one and wanted to make moves, but his GM and ownership group are just like, you know, we can't do anything about it. You better go out there and toe the line. And so he sits out there saying these things about how he obviously want to support your player, but not really demonstrating him having an understanding of how bad Zach Wilson was playing. And there was a need considering you still have a really good team to make a move to try to get better. And I think he, I'm, I'm worried that his team, his uh, ownership group was basically like, you better do this. We don't have cap space. We don't have this. We leveraged everything for Aaron Rodgers. You're going to have to suck it up. And I feel like he might take the, take a hit for this one. I like to give him uh, a year under the circumstances that are better. Um, they should get rid of that offensive coordinator right away. Even with Zach Wilson, um, he didn't seem to know what was going on. And I think that's part of that, you know, offensive coordinator's fault. Um, bad situation all the way around, but I don't know if Saul is good as a coach. It's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I could see that, man. I could see that. Um, I, uh, my one uh, hot take is just, I think, Brock Purdy is really good. I think when, when they had their lull, it was after he got the concussion. I think he was still working through some cobwebs. They had a couple other little minor injuries, but I think this kid, I mean, I'm not trying to call him Tom Brady or anything, but like, this is, there's some eerily similar like storylines here with, uh, you know, being, being a seventh round for a late round pick. And, uh, blah 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 you know he's the kids the kids legit man going for another 330 yards and and three touchdowns this week um albeit against a pretty weak opponent but i mean he he's he's legit man i think san francisco really hit the lottery with that one my opinion of him is he's a good quarterback no question um when he has all of the people on his team that that make that offense run, he knows what to do and where to go. Um, I think when they start losing pieces to that, 
and this, the next guy comes in, um, things get a little bit more wonky. You know, maybe the guy that's take, taking Debo's spot is a, like a half a second late hitting that break. Um, the one thing I'm not seeing from him is, is that I see with like really, really good quarter, great quarterbacks over the years is those huge plays that no one expected. Mahomes is full of them um, to keep the drive alive, to do something that is so crazy that you 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 can't un- you can't understand how he did it. I don't think that level exists with him. So he definitely is a is a good quarterback within a system. Um, I don't see any extra from him, and maybe that comes. But I think pretty much you are who you are when you get to the NFL, and you can tweak things, and you can you know even <laughs> Mike Vick. I I don't I don't haven't watched film ever and then he gets to the eagles and he finally has to start doing that cam newton you you couldn't change him at all um there's a lot of quarterbacks out there that are very like ben roethlisberger i'm not getting under under center they just they don't change and you have to adapt to them and i think he his coach is one of the best coaches in the nfl at adapting to his um his players I think they're doing a great job, and he's doing a great job there too, Purdy. Yeah. All right, next item for me, take corner. Tom Brady, what are you doing, man? You're out there. He's just so critical of the NFL right now. He was talking about how, um, like, Ray Lewis and some of the players from his era um, would, wouldn't would be allowed to do what they did back then now. I mean, I guess that's kind of, like, true, but also he's been criticizing, you know, you know, things right now we're, we're turning the NFL into plug football and all this kind of other stuff. It's funny because in true form, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady are kind of on opposing sides of this idea where Peyton Manning has leaned into the NFL is great. I'm going to support this, this product and this thing because I love it and I want to cherish it. And I want everyone else to understand how cool it is and I will teach them and I will uh, enjoy it with them. And I will show them behind the curtain a little bit. And then Tom Brady's decided to be more of a, like an asshole, I guess about it. So it's an, it's an interesting perspective. Um, maybe just have, you know, Tom, just chill out a little bit. Let's get some, some miles between you and, and retirement. Um, plus you're, Hard owner now, bro. So act like it, I guess. Anyways, it's just weird. All right. Is that all for your uh, hot takes? It is for now. I'll get some more. For now. I know you will. (laughs) I'll I'll probably get one right as I get off the call. I know you will, my friend. (laughs) All right. Diversity. Do you have anything for this little section where we uh, try to include some of the other cool stuff that we're doing in our lives? Uh, yeah, yeah. So how many do you have for this? I, only I just one. got one. Just one. Yeah, I do too. So, uh, you want to go first? Or you want me to go? No, first? I want you to go. I'm really uh, looking forward to what you have to say. This is actually a pretty, you're going to like this one, Mike. You're really going to okay. like this one. So I was on Facebook or Instagram, one of the two, um, last week. And I read a post about the movie Menace to Society mm-hmm. and how, if you go back and watch it, as if O-Dog is Kane's alter ego and he's not real. Oh. Like, 
that only Kane can see him and is like the little only fight club scenario with him. Um, and so I was just like, like I've seen that movie probably 30 times and since it came out and I was like, my mind was blown. I'm like, is that, like, could that be possible? And ran it by a couple of, I, I purposely didn't run it by you. Cause I know you've seen that movie a, a number of times as well. Um, Cause I wanted to bring it up on the show, but I, I went back and watched the movie with that in mind, with that in mind. And about seven minutes into the movie, it was bullshit. I, it, the people are definitely interacting with him and talking to him. Well, they did that in fight club too. I mean, because it's just the way it is. I mean, the idea would that when old dog is talking, pain is kind of like there in, in theory, but they're really interacting with this other version of him. But even like when uh, they're in the, when AWACS is driving him to go kill the guys that killed uh, his cousin, cousin Harold and shot Kane. There are like Kane and O-Dog are arguing about not wanting to kill any old people or whatever. And O-Dog's like, I'm killing anybody who's out there. I don't care. Uh, and then AWACS is like, you're, you're both acting like some bitches better get out there and handle this. And, you know, it's like referring to both of them. So I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe he knew about the alternate personalities. Maybe, maybe. I don't care which one of you is talking right now. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't know. That's a, that that's a really cool. It, it was idea. interesting. I'm glad I went back and watched it. And I actually, I watched it. Uh, Sheree watched it with me and she was just like, how many times have you seen this movie? Like, <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? I was like, yeah. Welcome to the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> I said a double <laughs> burger with cheese. <laughs> no, I like that. I like that. Um, we watched a really charming uh, uh, music documentary. Um, it's just called Wham. It's on Netflix regarding the band Wham. For all you don't know, uh, George Michael. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it was like an Andrew... Ah, I forget his last name, but anyway, those two made up this band. It was it was interesting to kind of see their journey, and I was kind of looking forward to the transition of George Michael from from that group to you know his solo career. But uh, we were talking about it in retrospect. It was really nice that they kept it boxed into uh, the beginning and end, the origin story of Wham. And the the ending concert, they had one final concert and then they were going to split and how like loving their relationship was like more like friendship, like deep friendship Um, and how they supported each other through a lot of the stuff that they were going through individually, opposing personalities. One was really super outgoing. One was really kind of like introverted. Um, George Michael was introverted, uh, interestingly enough. So it was really you know nice to see that level of support in that industry and when it got to the end and Andrew knew had this feeling the entire time is very honest with it about like through all of the interviews that they had done that there will be a point where George Michael um is uh exceeds Andrew's ability to keep up with him and it hit this point and then you know, obviously George Michael turned into Faith George Michael and so on and so forth, selling like 200 million solo records or something like that. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a really good documentary. Um, I, I enjoy some of the music from Wham! So it was kind of cool to kind of 
um, little blast from the past there. Wake go back into my youth. Before you go, go. Yeah, some good stuff. And I go, wow, that is a jam. Oh, wow, that is a like. There was like probably six songs. I was like, I forgot were them. Um, that were really damn good. So anyone who's interested in music, music history, documentaries, uh, this was a really good one. They had it framed up real nice. Um, I guess uh, they called him Yogg, or, or Andrew called him Yogg, but George Michael, um, which is a, a fake name anyway. Um, his mom put together like these scrapbooks of the entire you know, wham experience. So they use those scrapbooks as a, from a visual perspective to create chapters. Oh, here's the first chapter where they meet. Here's the second chapter where they're, you know, in a, in a ska band. Here's, you know, chapter three, you know, that kind of thing. So they did a really good job editing it, pulling it together. So I thought it was pretty good. It's only, it's a it's an hour and maybe 34 minutes. So, you know, you're in and out. It's fun. It's some good music. It's a, it's a heartwarming story in a lot of ways. So two thumbs up for me. Yeah, no, that's that's great. Um, I'll have to check that out. All right, let's herd some goats. I'm sure we have the the art good is the is the same. So I'll just throw it out there. Your Washington Huskies are number four in the college football rankings. We have jumped Florida State after their quarterback had a disastrous injury. Um, I also attribute this. Oh, I attribute the, this to two reasons. One. They, they are scheduling these cupcake games um, in late in the season. Uh, I think it affects their strength, uh, strength of schedule in the long term. And it doesn't look like Washington Huskies don't run from that, right? They, they play their, uh, they play in conference. They don't get these guys late in the season. And two, I, I attribute the leg injury to the fact that they retired Jameis Winston's jersey uh, that night. So I think there's some karma coming back to mess with Florida state there, but it's been a, been a while since we've been in the top four. Um, what do you, what was it been like seven, eight years? Um, uh, I'm really excited for us to get back there. 11 and one. Um, uh, we have Wazoo this week in the, our apple cup and then, um, either, uh, was it Oregon or, uh, Arizona, um in the uh, Pac-12 championship game. So I'm excited. I'm um, hopefully we'll go 13 and 0 and maintain that um that four seed. Uh I'd love to go against I guess we'd go be going against Georgia. Ooh, a little scary, but we'll see how that goes. But right now, well, they're my good for the week. That's my good as well. You were right. Um but actually if we if we win out, we sh we'll will at least be number 2 or 3 because Ohio State and Michigan are both ahead of us, and they play each other this weekend as well. So, Oh, good call. Good call. I'd like to be in that middle game and see what happens. Yeah. All right, cool. My bad uh, this week is Matt Canada being fired. Uh, this is the first time uh, Pittsburgh has released a coach in season since 1941. That is not uh, a note we should take lightly. Pittsburgh is one of those teams that will uh, live and die for the people that they hire. They have hired pretty well over the last, let's say, when they had Chuck Knoll, um, I think three coaches that they've had in the last 50 years or something like that. So um, they're, they really stick behind their guys. But, man, this offense was historically awful. Um, I saw this uh, video of the kicker, <laughs> Matt Canada, come to, came down to uh, 
join the team after a victory and the kickers comments were like uh, not because of you or something like that as they were going into the <laughs> basically chris boswell and the defense that are winning these games i think is the point that's great <laughs> i love it uh my bad was um uh, because of mark marquez valdez scantling patrick mahomes uh loses his first home game after october in the last five years Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes under center is undefeated for five seasons. That's pretty impressive. Now that's a, you bring up a good point because it's also a key thing that with that loss, they were the first seed in the AFC playoffs. After that loss, they dropped to two, which means they basically just forfeited their uh, first round by and home field advantage throughout. So this was a huge loss and it all fell onto that one drop unfortunately um i i feel bad for the guy but you know you're out there you might as well catch it yeah you get your hands on it you better better bring it in pull it in my ugly this week is kind of the buffalo bills dysfunction right now it seems like a lot of chaos going on you got josh uh, uh yellow josh allen kind of walking the halls every day um, this weird stuff between the Diggs brothers and, and what's going on there. Um, there's injuries all over the place. They just fired their offensive coordinator, which seemed weird. I didn't think that offensively, like he can't go down there and whisper in Josh Allen's ear, do not throw it that direction because here's why let's not press the New York jets defense right now. Cause they're playing really good. Just we're ahead control the game. He can't, can't help make those decisions for Josh Allen. Um, I think you can't fire Josh Allen. Obviously, you have to keep him. So, I think it was a little premature. I think they should have tried to try to figure it out. These are the type of distract level. These are the types of distractions that keep teams from winning games. I think they're they're really close to not even being having an opportunity to be in the playoffs. We'll see how the the rest of the season goes. There are going to be some changes that are coming in this uh, in this team. I haven't witnessed a fall from grace by a top probably three team uh, in like this in a while. Like I, like off top, I can't even remember a team that I've seen kind of like go from a top three, with, barring injury that happens all the time. But like because of the chaos and like this weird aura that's surrounding the team, I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, man, I hear you. Um, so my ugly, I, I've had like three different ones kind of floating around in my head. The Joe Burrow injury, obviously, super ugly, terrible for Cincinnati. Um, he seemed like Cincinnati was really heading in the right direction. Uh, I did read an article this morning um, on a separate ugly of Drew Brees, uh, ESPN article, of Drew Brees saying that he would still be playing football right now, but after that 2005 injury uh, to his shoulder that kept him from getting traded to uh, the Miami Dolphins, or maybe just as a free agent going to the Miami Dolphins, and instead his free agency, yeah, yeah instead signing with uh, New Orleans, he said he can't even throw with his right arm anymore. He said if he plays catch with his kids in the backyard, he has to throw left-handed, uh, or he would st- if he could still throw, he would still be playing. Um, which I thought was interesting. Um, And then the third one is just breaking news. While we were recording, the Seattle Mariners uh, traded their their power-hitting third baseman to the Arizona Diamondbacks in a salary dump. Um, 
for a rookie relief pitcher and a backup catcher. Uh, he must be proud. Doesn't really make me too happy. But um, so those are the three uglies I have. <laughs> uh, anyway, if you could like, rate, review, listen, share the podcast, we would appreciate it. Mike? Yeah, I, I heard overheard this in the New York Giants uh, locker room today when Tommy DeVito was asked about his performance this week. He said, I said, no more shines. Maybe you didn't hear about it. You've been away a long time. They didn't go up there and tell you, I don't shine shoes anymore. 